Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Red Sox beat CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage of your Boston Red Sox on Twitter, at Red Sox CLNS. Facebook, our show is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes as well. Uh, the Twitter handle is going to get you all that best coverage that we've had going on at the network, so don't forget to check that out. Uh, Jess Thomas, Jared Scally here, no Lauren again this week, um, but a lot going on. 13-2 record, the best team in the majors, your Boston Red Sox. Keep exciting, took two out of three from the Yanks, uh, essentially swept the Orioles because the Marathon Monday game was postponed, so yes, they swept them, that's fantastic, uh, and that Yankees, that Orioles team is just not good, but um, just fun week ahead, this team can't really do anything wrong, a couple small things we'll get to that can be concerning, but um, overall, Xander out, not a problem we'll get to, but this team right now, is just it's fun to watch, um, it, Obviously, a lot going on in town with both uh, Garden teams in the playoffs, but Red Sox are catching people's attention early. They sure are. They're not messing around. It's there's something about this uh, first year manager thing in the in the the Boston blood. John Farrell won a World Series in his first year as manager, and Alex Cora is thirteen and two in his first season <laughs> as manager. So, good good place to be a first year manager, I guess. Yeah, he except, is. Um, except for Bobby Valentine, Alex Cora. Yeah, well, Bobby Valentine's just got god awful as it is, but. Alex Cora is doing well. He's making the right choices. I think that it's a big part of this. You know, they're they're playing for a manager they like. Uh, this team is playing well because they want to prove that. I think a lot of these people on this roster want to prove that the manager was a big factor of what happened last year. I think yeah, a lot. I, I think a lot of them point. are out to prove to that right now because there's a lot of guys on record, not on record, but knowing there were a lot of issues last year. We all know John Farrell's a very complacent guy, um, and. I think a lot of these guys, because look, we've talked about it. This roster is pretty much the same, Jess, for the most part. Uh, a couple right. of moving pieces, but they're, it's the same team. These guys want to prove that it wasn't them, it was the manager. Right, they're just playing, it's the same guys just playing better, really is all it is. So, And I, it's, I think it's great, too, because the fact that they're doing this means that, naturally, people really aren't talking about Cora. Because what happens in Boston is, when you're playing well, Nobody talks about the manager when you're playing bad. Everyone, everyone talks, talks about, about the, manager. the manager. Yep. Right. So nobody's talking about him, which is great because it's like when that's not a factor, they just roll and nobody nobody complains about things. Nobody's whining and complaining. So the players are feeling good. You know, everybody's happy. So yeah. I think that's huge that nobody's talking about him. But I'm, I mean, clearly he's doing a good job. He's getting the guys to swing early in counts. He's taking out pitchers earlier. And whatever the heck he's doing, he's working. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. It is. I think it's they're just, awesome. I really do think it's the, the personality of Cora. Um, I, I again, the language thing is a big deal to me. I think the speaking their language, a lot of these guys' home language, he can relate to them a lot better. Um, mm. 
and he's played the game a lot more recent than John Farrell did, and he was better yeah. at it. So, and I think you know he played in Boston, he understands it, and you know I think that's just translating to the way he's managing. Like we said, thirteen and two, best record in the league. Um, very exciting week. Let's go back to the Yankee series, Jess, because I do want to talk about this brawl because. This is what baseball needs, and I'm sorry. For all you anti-fight people out there, for all you guys, oh, it it doesn't belong in the game. It does. Every once in a while, there needs to be a good brawl. And that series, that game, Joe Kelly, literally, like, look, I understand some people were like, oh, well, they shouldn't have fought, blah, blah, blah. No, what Joe Kelly did is so phenomenal to me because literally I thought nothing of Joe Kelly before that game. Absolutely nothing. And for him to stand there and stare him down and say, you know what, bring it on. Come on. Let's go. As let's, he said. let's have some fun. Let's <laughs> go. And he went out. He took him down. And remi- who was it again? I forget. I don't even care his name, but who was it? Tyler Austin. Tyler Austin. Thank you. Tyler Austin looks like a battle cry, right? Throws the bat down, slams it down, shatters yeah. the bat. He's coming after Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly says, bring it on. Let's go. Takes him to the ground. Joe Kelly gets a couple good, solid punches into the dude's head. Before they get, and that doesn't happen often because a lot of times baseball brawls, catchers catch up to the guy charging the mound, or a lot of times it just gets separated, or the pitcher runs away, so nothing really happens. They Joe missed Kelly's, the punch. <laughs> Joe Kelly stood in there, was ready for it, and didn't miss. And Yankee sucks chant were flying across Fenway Park all the whole time. Um, he was at the Bruins game, and they showed the fight on the jumbotron, and he was in the game throwing the towel and the boot like. This rivalry is back, Jess, and we've been kind of hinting at it, obviously, because, um, you know, with the moves they made, like, we could tease young generation against young generation, but two games in, there's brawls. They're going at it, and look, I don't even care if the Red Sox lost that game, and they did. It was 10-7. Mm-hmm. That's, the rivalry is back, in my opinion, and, and this is what it missed. It just missed, they actually truly don't like each other, and that's what this has been missing. Yeah, I mean, Joe Kelly went from Jim Buchanan in spring training to... Huh pitching like crap for a couple of games to becoming the hero of the Red Sox, getting a standing ovation on Friday. I was at Friday's game against Baltimore. Nothing to do with the Yankees. Joe Kelly comes in, and everyone gives him a standing O. Yep. And then he goes to the Bruins game, and they show him on the jumbo trot, and he gets the standing O. This is a guy who was, you know, blew the first game of the season and hadn't even pitched well. Mm-hmm. And just because, just because he hit Tyler Austin <laughs> and started a brawl, now he's everyone's favorite player. It's, it's hilarious. It's so. fantastic. It's got to do a lot for his confidence because yeah. I'm sure he wasn't feeling very good at the beginning, and now he's, I'm sure he's feeling great now. Right. He Suspension was uh, aside. suspended for six games, right? Um, he yep. appealed it, so he's pitching until it comes down. I'm sure it'll be six. If not, it'll be like four or five if they bring it back. But um, either way, he will miss some time, which is fine. I think he completely doesn't regret any second of it. And okay. the way this plays out, it's just a matter of, like, there were Yankee sucks chant going on at, at that Orioles game, Jess. Like, I, I took a video of it and put it on our Twitter yeah. account. Yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, they, they literally, at the, it's at the point where now it's back to where we care about the Yankees when they're not even playing the Yankees. And, and that hasn't and, happened in a while. And it hasn't happened. It's been five, six years, and it, yeah. really, it really made me feel not old, but, like, just kind of threw me back when I was looking, listening to the broadcast on WEI on my way home from one of those games, and they were talking about it, and they said, yeah, a lot of people who now watch this team don't remember those Yankees-Red Sox rivalries because, I mean, think about how old we were when the Pedro yeah. brawl happened with Don Zimmer, all those guys. That was a while ago now, so like, there's yeah. a lot of people in in their younger years, who haven't who aren't, haven't really seen the Yankees Red Sox rivalry, what we've all talked up to be, um, right? Because so, if you're like 15 right now, you were like two for that. Yeah, who remembers <laughs> that? exactly? If you're 15, 16 years old, really enjoying baseball, and um, you, you don't remember all that, so it's it's really a matter of 
this is going to be the spark for a new generation of Red Sox fans who want to talk. Who we all they all hear stories about the Red Sox Yankees rivalry, but all all they've seen is buddies slapping hands, tapping tapping each other on the asses, and and really moving on. Now they're actually starting to see some hatred, and that's what this has been missing. Yeah, and it's even more fun when your team's the better team when they're supposedly not supposed to be because you know before the season oh the Yankees are better, Yankees offense is better, blah blah blah. Well, guess what? The Red Sox are five and a half games better. And right now their offense is better, and their pitching is way better. So during the last show we did, the Yankees had more runs. Well, now the Red Sox have 12 more runs than the Yankees. So suck it, Yankees. Love it. Love it, love it, love <laughs> it. Uh, Xander's been out, obviously, um, since that time. Betts, Hanley, and J.D. Have, endeavors have come out of nowhere. Um, J.D. Martinez finally looking comfortable at the plate again, um, getting yep. some good swings on the bat. I guarantee you some of those long balls that are outs or doubles, those are gone in the middle of the summer. It's been really, really cold. Weather has not turned yet which is annoying. It was like sleeting. It was sleeting today as we record this. It's awful. Um, best average in the majors at 275. They're first in doubles with 47. Second in runs with 89. Second in hits with 147. And they're second in RBIs with 82. Just as offense is doing what we talked about coming into the year. One guy goes down, the team picks them up. When they're full, especially when Pedroia comes back, one through seven is like, all, are going to be all really good hitters. Like I don't know what they're going to do with Benintendi when Pedroia comes back. Are they going to hit him later? Are they going to hit him third? Does that move everybody else down? Obviously a good problem to have, but yeah. this right now the offense is proving they are a deep team. They are definitely underachieved last year <laughs> um, because not much has changed, and they're doing what we expected last year. Now the offense is showing what they can really do, and I think obviously JD's presence there has been a big factor of it, even though he hasn't been hitting 100% well because of what he can can do and now that he's turning it up everyone else is starting to feed off him even more and only happened when Xander comes back and Pedroy comes back this offense doesn't show any signs of slowing down yeah it's funny because obviously last year the, like you said the offense wasn't as good as it should have been and everyone just kept saying that the players who didn't do as well last year are going to do better this year and then as we know the first like six games of the year even though they were almost all wins the offense was terrible yeah, it was all the and pitching. then all all of a sudden the last week or so you know a week and a few days or so uh the offense has been insane and the fact that they were bad to start the season and now as you read the stats first and second and like six categories i mean the fact that they're at that point with how bad they played in the first five or six games tells you how good they really have been in the last week because they've been on fire they scored a ton of runs not as many, not that many home runs still. It's the home runs are down towards the bottom of the league, but they picked three grand slams, which is three more than they had last year. So they got in the hits at the right times, and they just get a lot of RBI. I mean, the doubles, forty-seven doubles, is ten more than any other team in the league, American League or National League. So they're killing the doubles. They're just driving in runs. You know, Devers isn't hitting home runs, but he's got a lot of RBI. You know, JD wasn't hitting a lot of home runs at the beginning, but he was getting a lot of RBI. So yep. all these guys are just. You know they're hitting at good times and they're driving in runs, which is just something that didn't happen that consistently last year. Yeah, the Orioles game the other day they they had that six runs and it was there was no homers. It was just hits after hit after hit, strong along plays. And like we said, weather hasn't turned yet. So there are some big time doubles and triples that these guys are hitting that some of them don't stay stay in the ballpark during the summer, right? There's some balls that are going off the top of monster, the monster in this cold weather that probably go out of the ballpark there in the summer. So. JD should have like three more home runs than he does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If the weather was, I'm saying weather was warmer, but like JD's hit some good balls that have not gone out. That expect him to pile homers up as the weather turns here. It's just natural when you play in a cold weather city and you play these early games, you're gonna get some home runs taken away from you uh, because of it, and that's just the factor that it is. But offense is rolling, pitching is rolling. 
uh, 2.94 ERA, third in the league right now as a team, um, led really by Sale and Porcello, who have been phenomenal. Sale looked good again today in his start, didn't get the win, but um, looked good there. Uh, Price went an inning in his third start, and we're going to talk about that in a sec. But right now, the pitching, Jess, and we talked about earlier, you said it too, Early in the year, offense wasn't great, but the pitching is what was so good that winning those games earlier on in some of those close games too, against especially against Tampa, offense has clicked. Pitching hasn't dropped a beat yet, and now the team is just kind of clicking on all cylinders. But this pitching has been phenomenal, even with Velasquez and Johnson, Brian Johnson who have stepped in to make those starts. They've been phenomenal in all their starts too. So it isn't even just the top guys; it's even those bottom guys filling in have been phenomenal. Yeah, Velasquez has been awesome. He's had two really good starts, but yeah, I mean it's. It's awesome. I mean, sales pitch great. You know, he's he's as I said at the beginning of the show, Cora's been taking guys out earlier. So Sale really hasn't gone that deep in the games. He's really, you know, he's just doing good work in the short time he pitches and he I don't think he's even pitched 100 pitches yet. He's been around like 87 to 97. So and I saw somebody compare last year to this year and his first four starts were like 105, 110, 103, 108 and it's like 10 to 15 pitches less now. So that's a huge difference. So but he's pitched extremely well in the starts that he's had, and his ERA right now is um, 1.23, yep. which is un- unbelievable. Insane. And then, and then Rick Porcello, in his three starts, his ERA is 1.83. He took a no-hitter into the seventh inning against the Yankees, and with a rain delay in between it, he came back out and still pitched another clean inning and brought his no-hitter into the seventh. So he's been awesome. He's only given up four runs in 19 and two-thirds innings, only one walk for Rick and 17 strikeouts, 192 opponent average. So he has been awesome. And it's just like the two of them at the top of the rotation and then Velazquez only allowing five runs in his two starts and then Johnson having a good start and a couple of good outings out of the bullpen. And obviously David Price had two incredible starts to start the season as we talked about last week and we'll get into his third start more. But though all those guys, man, they are pitching out of their minds. It's awesome. This is, I mean, having Porcello back, I've been waiting for that. Everyone knows who listens to the show knows how big of a Porcello fan I am, and he's literally going right back to two years ago. This guy's dominating. His control is outstanding. He's keeping the ball in the ballpark, and he's going deep into games just like he did two years ago. Yeah, and it's been phenomenal. And really, the only blemish right now with the pitching staff was David Price leaving that game early. Um, yep. Left with that numbness, numbness in his left hand. Uh, people were concerned. I know some people were like, oh, crap, is that numbness related to Tommy John surgery? Is they going to need it? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know what it was. Um, Red Sox, they did all their tests. They did all their scans. Everything came back negative, and he's slated to start Tuesday um, in warmer weather. No coincidence there. Um, they pushed him back yeah. to make sure his next start was in warmer weather, which is fine. If there's something concerning, you don't want to have him start in the cold just again just yet. But it sounds like he's good to go. Um my biggest question to you, Jess, and everyone out there is just, like, how concerning is this? Um, is this an issue, like, long-term? Is this something that they didn't know when they looked into Price in the first place and, like, an injury history because they obviously have problems doing their due diligence because they didn't know about Drew Pomeranz either, and that storyline's been popped up around town as well here in Boston. So how concerned are you, Jess, about this hand situation? Obviously, he's going to pitch, and he'll probably pitch well because it's going to be warm out, so it really doesn't matter, but Jesse came out and said he didn't feel he couldn't feel his fingertips when he came out that's not normal even when it's that cold out it's just not normal yes so after we've been all roses and daisies here um i am concerned about this and the reason is Hmm. they not the answer i expected from you yeah well the reason i'm saying this is because they said that it 
it seemed like it was a cold, like you said, a cold weather problem. And he Price said himself after the game or the day later or whatever it was, he said that he always has had really cold hands and feet. He said his hands and feet get really cold, and maybe his circulation isn't very good. To which I say, you signed him here. You're playing in cold weather, and when you're supposed to be pitching your best games, it's cold out. And in he has October. a history of this. And he has a history of pitching like crap in the playoffs when it's cold. And he's cold all the time. So clearly this is a problem because he's cold, his hands get cold, and he pitches like crap. That's yep. concerning. You can be great all season long in the warm weather. That's great, and I want that. But if his hands get cold and he can't feel his fingers in the playoffs and he's given up four runs in the first inning like he did against the Yankees, that's not good. Nope. That's good. That's scary. Yeah, it's – it's and I, obviously, you know, I'm concerned, obviously, because I'm just a cynic all around. But, like, it's just one of those things where you're 100% right, Jess. It's, it's not concerning if he doesn't have a history of it, but we know he has a history of it. And apparently it's a lingering thing that he's had to deal with. And it's like, okay, you bring a guy who can't feel his fingertips in cold weather to pitch big games in cold weather. Of course that's a recipe for disaster. So – over time, he's going to look fine. He's still going to have a good year, in my opinion, because most of the weather he's going to pitch in is going to be warm or inside in some stadium. So it's not going to matter. It, my concern is going to be put on hold until the playoffs come around because then it's going to, the weather's start going, to, going to start to turn in the wrong way. We're all going to be miserable here because the weather's going to turn. It's going to be cold again after the summer, and that that's when this is going to really linger. I don't think this is going to be a problem moving forward now because he's going to pitch in warmer climates. The weather's going to turn soon after this week, apparently. So it's going to be warm, and now he's not going to have to worry about it. It probably won't be a problem. He's going to pitch well. We're going to forget about it. When October comes, that's when I'm concerned, because that's when it's going to come back up again. And then is he going to come out in the first inning of a Game 2 situation, Game 3 situation, when you need him to pitch, and now you're screwed throwing the bullpen out there again? Like That's when it becomes a problem. Well, yeah, I mean, up to this point, we thought he was just a little baby and couldn't pitch in the playoffs because the pressure got to him. But could this be the real reason? We didn't know about this before. No, one, this is the real like no one knew about this. Like, Yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe it's a mixture of both things, or maybe this hasn't been a problem. I don't know. But the fact that he gets cold in cold weather sure suggests that this has been a problem in the past. So I don't want to give him a pass, but that might be a reason that he hasn't pitched well. But whether that's the reason or not, that's not good. Because if that happens again, nobody's going to really care if that's his problem. They're just going to care that he's not producing in the playoffs. Exactly. So this isn't good either way around unless he can just figure out how to warm up his hands. Because even if you try to avoid it and only pitch him on warm days, then you're having to work your whole schedule around his fingers. And that's not really the way to win. <laughs> no, exactly. it really isn't the way to win. And that's, that's the thing is that like with David Price, you have to really think now, do they do – they, do what they're doing with Chris Sale? Do they limit his activity? Do they make sure he's rested? Does that even affect his hand, or is this really just right. like, crap? Does he have to wear a glove when he's pitching because it's that bad? Yeah, that's just that's too many variables to worry about when you're trying to win playoff games. So I don't know if you if you pitch him all season long and he does really well and you get a really good record and get a good seed and then like don't pay him, get to give him a phantom injury for the playoffs so you don't have to worry about him screwing up yeah. but you're <laughs> like trust your other pitchers you know like what do you do but you're tied to this guy too because if he doesn't opt yeah. out you're committed to this guy and what guy's gonna what team's gonna want to trade for him if right they know about this right so like goes back to the red sox maybe not doing their due diligence because he yeah. was that marquee free agent when they signed him and that was all about bringing that guy for the top of the rotation Drew Pomeranz, right? We go back to that. They didn't do the same thing there. They didn't know about the injury history there. They might have not dug deep enough because they wanted the guy. Obviously, that worked out. But does this team have a history of not going deep enough into injuries and making sure they're signing the mm-hmm. guy for the right reason? 
that's the that's the big concern. That's concerning. Yeah. So I'm fascinated to see where the story goes, and it's something that if they want to keep him long term, they something has to be figured out. I don't know what it is, but you know they just can't have this happen every time it gets cold because we live in Boston. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there because literally it, it, this is going to be a long storyline, right? It's going to be. Yep. You might not know the answer for this, like I said, until the playoffs because the weather's going to turn soon, and then he'll be pitching in warm weather all year. So it's just we'll, – We'll remember the show in October. Well, yeah, we're going to pin this show, <laughs> whatever episode number it is at this point, and we're going to go back to it, and then we're going to see what, we, what happens in October. And we'll have to play some audio. Who knows? Because that's just the way it works. You never really know. Uh, if you love nope. baseball, though, though, don't forget, you need to try my new favorite app. It's called Drafts. Yeah, that's right. It's daily fantasy baseball, but – not like the other guys. On draft, you play live snake drafts with other people. Just like in your season-long league, you drafts last for just one night, and then you're done drafting, and that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part is you're playing for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from a dollar. So there's really a draft for everyone, which is great. Um, Jess does draft. I do, I do draft. The best part about it really for me um, is the speed of it and the ease of use because, you know, they do have you draft when the draft room's full. Um, they give you a nice notification on your phone. It might be in the work day. I, I will draft the middle of my work day because I love it that much. But, like, the, it's nice and quick, that no more than 30 seconds per pick, and then you're on your way. And if for some reason someone gets hurt before the game starts, they let you swap it out, which is great. Um, doing pretty well, Jess. I don't know about your hot streak. You were on a hot streak with draft. Are you still on that hot streak? <laughs> yeah, I fell off a little bit. I lost several <laughs> days in a row. Then I uh, – then I won a couple of games so it makes you keep coming back for more but yeah it's 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 a lot of fun i've had a lot of fun with it and uh i definitely recommend it and if you if you're ready for a draft you're going to be doing it soon because they fill up pretty quickly so if you're if you sign up for for a particular draft then be ready to do it about one or two minutes later because it's a popular app send people do it so your your leagues uh fill up fast so be ready to draft it's fun Come on, people, hop on that bandwagon. It's a phenomenal app. Join us on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited time only, we're going to help you join the party here. It's all Red Sox beat listeners get a free entry. Yeah, that's right, free people into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code Red Sox beat. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code Red Sox beat all one word when you make your first deposit. People search draft again in your app store or go to draft.com and enter that promo code Red Sox beat and uh, hop on the hop on the old bandwagon here. Join draft, man. It's a good time. Uh, before we move on to other stuff around the league, Jess. Um, let's talk about our defense here for a second as a Red Sox organization because they are first in the league right now in defense. It took them forever to make an error. Um, something has to give here. I think I'm still waiting for that shoe to drop because especially in the infield, the, the outfield defense, you know what you're getting, right? You have one of the best outfielders, if not the best outfielder defensively in the league in Jackie Bradley Jr. And Mookie Betts and Andrew Benatini aren't slouches themselves either. The outfield's cover. Even when J.D. Martinez plays there, he can cover the outfield. That's fine. The infield was concerning to me, right? We talked about this leading up through the season, too. You don't know what you're getting out of Devers. Nunez is okay. Shortstop with Bogarts. Now it's Brock Holt. Who knows what you're getting out of Brock Holt defensively or Lynn, depending on who's playing. Um, And first base is a rotating door, but with Hanley over there, you never really know. They've been good. The infield's been solid. Haven't had a major problem yet. Um, And even with Bogarts out, Filling that gap hasn't been a problem, and defensively they've been pretty solid. And Hanley, even Hanley, looked really good at first base. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, really, it's this you couldn't have predicted this because, like you said, you know, Devers was unproven. Nunez really isn't that good of a fielder, and then 
you know, once Bogarts goes out with with Holt filling in, he doesn't he hasn't played a lot of shortstop. Lynn hasn't played a lot of shortstop because he hasn't played much of anywhere. And then Hanley, I mean, you never know what to expect at first, and he's been good. So this is really surprising. They've made three errors in 15 games, and two of those errors were on the same play. It was Devers. Right. He bobbled the ball in the infield and then made a bad throw to first. So two of the three errors in 15 games were on one play, which means that in all the other plays out of 15 games, there's been one error. That's incredible. That's incredible defense. They've all done their job. They've all they've all played well, and the guys you wouldn't expect have also played well. It's it's incredible. I I I couldn't believe they didn't they didn't have an error through like 12 games. That's yeah. absurd. And let's talk. You, you don't see that often. Yeah, no. And let's talk us to another topic. We we like obviously got we've been touching on a little bit here and there. Like the weather's been miserable. Just like it hasn't been good. Right? It's been cold. It's been raining. Yep. They, um, who was it today in the dugout that was in or oh, uh, Matt Barnes? Matt Barnes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt Barnes was basically in a sleeping bag in the bullpen yep. um, because it was so cold out. You'd think there'd be more errors in that weather, right? You know, not being able to get a grip on the ball, just little things like that that cause throwing errors that cause you not being able to feel your hand to throw the ball. And they're still playing defense well through. Imagine what this team will do defensively when it's warm out. Yes, everything makes no sense. Defense (laughs) should be this good because you shouldn't be able to be this clean with this crappy weather. Hitting shouldn't be this good. Because you're not supposed to be able to hit in crappy weather. The, the the bat stings your hand when the ball hits it weird. You know, you've played baseball. I've played baseball. It's, yep. you know, cold weather is brutal to hit in. And they're hitting fantastic. And pitching's not easy in cold weather either. It's You, you have an advantage because obviously the hitters have trouble, or they're supposed to have trouble. But still, I mean, you can't grip a ball. The ball's wet. Your hands are cold. It's 30 degrees outside. So literally none of this makes sense that you've won 13 out of 15 games with crappy weather in all three phases of the game. The possibilities are endless for this team. I can't believe that they're this good with this. This has been like the worst April in like 12 years. This yeah. is this should not be happening. It's, I am flabbergasted. It's It's been absolutely insane. And look, you don't obviously root for it to fail, and it's not going to. Like, they're playing really well right now, and something's going to flatten out at some point. Potentially, they're not going to win every other like every game for the rest of the year. Um, right. And even that Yankees game, that one they lost 10-7, I thought they were going to come back and win that game just because of the way it was going. Um but look, defensively, if they can hold it together, obviously getting Pedroia back will be a huge help, right? It sure's a position in the infield, and he's, we know what he could do defensively. Hey, he's only one of the best defenders ever. Exactly, and he's, <laughs> and he's supposed to be back, what, in May, they talking about? Yeah, right? they're Early. saying May. They're saying May sure still. Where, but... um, not a lot of updates on it, which is fine if he's just rehabbing in Fort Myers, which is good. Um, and then you get Zan- and, and then you get Xander Bogarts back, who has been actually playing very well defensively this year. Before he got out, before he got hurt, hopefully he can still hit the hit the ball the way he was before. Um, but once that gets shirt up, then you really that's two positions I'm not worried about. The corners were the biggest thing coming into the year, right? Third base and first, those are the two biggest issues. And they've Devers has been fine. He's been, he worked well with uh, Mike Lowell before the year as well um, down in spring training. So he, I think that has worked wonders for him. And first base has been fine. I don't know if Hanley's going to last all year, but Mitch Moreland's here just in case that ever happened. Um, and he's a great defender. And he's obviously so. he's a Gold Glove winning defender. So defense could could potentially be there, and the outfield's going to flag a lot of balls down this year. So look, if you if you're not on the Red Sox bandwagon yet. Um, you might want to be because it looks like it looks, and I'm telling you, this all goes back to the manager. People are really undervaluing what Cora brings to this ball club, none other than a fresh voice, someone they actually want to play for. They're getting up for these games, and I'm pretty convinced of it. They are playing to prove that they didn't want to play for John Farrell. They are playing to prove that John Farrell is not a good manager. I hate to keep going. I mean, I don't mind going back to John Farrell, but 
How can you other, explain this any other way? New manager, same roster, and look what they're doing. This nothing has changed since last year. Right. It's so true. Yeah, I honestly, before chatting with you here, I didn't think about that, like, playing well to prove that he didn't want to play for him last it's year. So it, it's, I, I keep talking myself more and sense. more into that storyline because yeah. what else has changed? They, and, they, and they even – like, before they brought in J.D. Martinez – Dombrowski and ownership. Oh well, I mean, we brought in Alex. That was our big move this offseason. They were preaching Alex Cora as their big move. They even believe right. it. That they don't. They didn't believe that they had the right manager to lead this bunch, and now they do. And that's kind of like a psychology thing, like just like telling yourself it until you believe it. Like they're just telling themselves, "Yeah, we well, you know we, we had good teams the last two years, and we played well in the regular season, and then we fizzled out." So it's like they're telling themselves. We were good, but we should be better. So we'll be better this year because we have a good manager. This is our manager, and we're going to be good. Like they're just telling themselves that over and over again, and it's working. I think that's honestly I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's probably a psychology thing. They're, they're buying, just telling themselves that they're buying into the system, um, and yep. that's a big factor. So um, obviously the Red Sox are killing it, and obviously we're going to keep praising them until otherwise noticed. And hopefully Xander coming back relatively soon, and um, and hopefully should probably- be. Oh, it should be, yeah. Hopefully Price pitches well on Tuesday, and that and that's a big thing too. So let's hop around the league for a second here because the Angels themselves are 12-2, and two, and, and obviously that's the next game for the Red Sox, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which we'll preview in a second. But what they're doing, it's just about damn time. Like, and Jess, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit before we actually started recording, is this team has had talent on its roster forever. Like, how long has Albert Pujols been there now? At least four years, At right? At least four years, if not more. When he signed there, I was like, oh, crap. They're like World Series contenders now. And they've had <laughs> the same core talent there, and they just have been so underperforming. And now this team is finally playing well. Obviously, Otani's a big spark there. He's fooled everybody in spring training. Um, do you think this is something the Angels are going to do long term? Is this actually – because it's about time this roster actually plays this well. Uh, it's hard to mess around for 16 games uh, doing what they're doing. Oh, sorry. They're 13-3. and three. Excuse me, not twelve and two. Either way, Sasha still a half game better. Um, still pretty good, but their numbers are insane. You think the Red Sox numbers are good? Literally, all the ones that the Red Sox were second in, the Angels, Angels were first. first. In. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they're they're uh, you know they're first in hits, they're first in home runs, they're first in RBI, like they're first in everything by like a lot. So it's kind of hard to to fake that through sixteen games. I mean. Three games is one thing. Sixteen games is another sample size. So if they've won seven in a row. They're nine and one in the road. I mean, they're they're a good team clearly, and the numbers are backing it up. And I guess they just needed Otani to give them a shot in the arm because, like you said, they've kind of had this team Trout and Pujols and uh, and the other guys in their team. So now they just get Otani, who decides to be like the best pitcher and hitter in the league, and now they're thirteen and three. So I guess that's all they needed. But it's kind of hard to mess with the numbers they have. It's it's you can't fake that stuff. Yeah, and you look at what's going to come Tuesday: David Price versus Otani, and something's got to give there. They've both been good. Otani's been phenomenal at the plate and on the mound. Um, awkward, but phenomenal pitching matchup coming up, and a lot of people are going to miss it because this is a game in California. <laughs> yeah, ten o'clock. A lot of people are going to miss this, and but just like this is going to be a very intriguing pitching matchup. Yeah, for two re- I mean, the price reason, because he's obviously coming off his one-inning start after he pitched seven scoreless two times in a row. So everyone's going to wonder what he's going to do and if he's going to bounce back. But obviously, like you said, they purposely push- pushed him back to Tuesday to be in warmer weather. 
because um, you wouldn't want him out there <laughs> here on Sunday in 30 degree, you know, wind. So mm-hmm. um, his storyline's fascinating. And obviously Otani has pitched extremely well so far, and everybody's going to want to see him both pitch and hit. So that's a great matchup. Yeah, three ten o'clock games. So. If you want to see good baseball, if you want to see a thirteen and two versus a thirteen and three, stay team, up, yeah, baby. Stay up. <laughs> yeah, so. put the coffee on. Stay up. I know. Tell your boss you might be a little late on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day after you're watching the game. Tell him you're going to be right. late. You're staying up to watch some good baseball. Um, we'll dive into that more in a second because we also have Drew Pomerantz coming back as well. He's pitching. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, on Friday against Oakland. Friday. So, right, that'll be intriguing too. But let's talk about the Mets real quick, Jess, because the New York Mets are twelve and two, and People are now preaching, oh, let's keep it going, like rematch of 1986. Like, <laughs> this Mets team is out of nowhere. Um, pitching has been phenomenal. They're actually healthy. They've, they've all been good. Um, this, I'm, I'm very surprised that they're playing this well, but I'm happy because I'm also not a guy who like hates the New York Mets because like most Red Sox fans are in support of the Mets because they're rivals of the Yankees. Um, I love the fact that the Mets are the story in, in New York right now. Because one, again, screw the Yankees, and two, they're a team that you like to root for because they're not the Yankees. Yeah, I mean they were really good a couple of years ago, and then they kind of fell back again. So I guess they uh, they've returned so far at least. Twelve and two, like you said, two fifty eight ERA in the season, which is first in the majors, and uh, they got an opponent average of two oh nine, which is obviously incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, any anything around the two hundreds, you know, they're, they're third in the league right now at two oh nine, so. Um, they got some really good numbers, and they're winning the games. They haven't lost on the road yet. They're six and zero on the road, so they are really, they're really putting together a nice season here so far. Like you said, out of nowhere because they weren't good last year. They were good two years ago, but not last year. So uh, it's fun to see. And yeah, and people, if people want to dream about a uh, 1986 rematch, then fine. That's exciting. I'll take that'd, that. That'd be really fun. Um, it wouldn't be a bad thing. You won't see them this year. They're not on the schedule, so the only way you'd see them is in the postseason. Um, and that would be a very fun matchup to me. So before we get out of here, I really want to touch on the Mets quickly. Um, this Angel series intrigues me. Obviously, it's it's a first really powerhouse talent because they just steamrolled the Yankees, thank God. Um, they have intriguing games coming up. So, we'll, we'll, Jess, let's go through and predict these um, because – there are some good games on the West Coast coming up, and the only reasonable time slated is the Sunday afternoon game at 4 o'clock. Um, other than that, they're all late games. Uh, you get yep. three against the Angels, three against Oakland. Um, Oakland's just woof. Um, but Oakland's Oakland. Oakland's being Oakland again. Um, three games against the Angels. Price, Porcello, Erod slated to start against Otani, Skaggs, and Trapino. Um, looking at what's going on here, I can't count out the Red Sox. I have them winning two out of three. I think it's a big series for them, though. Um, but I think that Price Otani game for me would be the one that you would lose because you don't know what Price is with his hand. Otani's just been a stud, and he continues to ride that hot hand. To me, that would be the one that you lose right away. But the way this offense has been hitting, you put them in warm weather now. It's only the sky's the limit. Yeah, this is this is fascinating. I'm really interested to see how the pitching goes against the. Uh the best offense in the in the league with yep. the Red Sox being the second best so there could be a lot of runs but like you said some good pitching but between Otani as you said Porcello is 3-0 and so I'm also going to say Sox went two out of three I'm just having a lot of hard time um being negative about this team because you can't argue with a whole lot of what's going on so seriously yeah I'm going two out of three also I'm not sure which game is going to be the loss but 
I think the Sox have the pitching the pitching upper hand, and uh, you know it's a road series. But like you said, you're hitting the swell at, <laughs> in crappy weather. What are you going to do in warm weather? So two out of three, I agree. Love it. Two out of three works. Um, agreement there. And then you have three against Oakland. Oakland, woof. Um, Pomerantz, Salem, Price. So you see Price twice in this um, swole of predictions. I, I have them sweeping the A's just because they're garbage. Uh, but the intriguing matchup to me is that first game because you don't. What are you getting from Drew Pomerantz? Right. You have Salem, Price going the other two games. Should be fine to get through that lineup, no problem. What does Drew Pomerantz bring us, Jess? Because we haven't seen him. He's been hurt, but we know what he can do. You were on him from day one. You were a big Drew Pomerantz guy, and now he looks like he's slated to come back and be that cog in the rotation, and if he can come back and be healthy, this rotation is going to even be even more lethal because now you have a stud lefty coming back um, who had a phenomenal year last year. I know the fact that you're 13-2 and two and Pomerantz hasn't even pitched yet. A guy who got 17 wins last year with a 3.30 ERA, that's, that's pretty sweet. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see how he does. Wouldn't surprise me if he struggled. Uh, off the bat, just because he hasn't pitched yet, kind of like what Erod did. I said, look at Erod's first you know. start compared to his second start. Like, right, he pitched terrible in his first start, and he was very good in his second start. So, um, maybe a similar thing for Pomerantz. We'll see. I'm gonna go two out of three again. Um, I would love to pick a sweep, but I feel like something always goes wrong, and it's tough to win. It's tough to win five out of six games on the road, which is obviously what you're saying. So, wouldn't surprise me. And all six and zero also wouldn't surprise me with the way they're playing but yeah. i'm gonna go with uh with two out of three in both series for a four and two week but i mean we'll see what happens i predicted last week right i got i said two out of three against the yankees that happened and i said three out of four against the orioles well you know that could have happened if the, if the fourth <laughs> game happened but they swept them know. i'll take the asterisk next to my picks all day they swept the right. orioles baby let's go so they, we're, we're both kind of smart they were gonna sweep <laughs> the, they were gonna sweep baltimore if they played them on monday they are just a garbage baseball team uh um, yeah they look darn good i mean seven to three ten to three and and three to one good offense good pitching so mm-hmm. it's it's awesome okay. this is so much fun jess has them going five and four and two four i have and them two. going five and one um, either way, we'll take it. <laughs> um, yes. Look, the storyline is this team cannot be stopped right now, and they're playing great baseball, and they're re- really riding under the radar because of what's going on in Boston with the playoff teams, the Bruins and the Celtics. Um, the storylines with Gronk obviously aren't helping the- their cause either because anything Gronk-related is going to take headlines if he's not going to play next year, whatever it may be. Red Sox are a really good team, guys, and, and you're going to see it really fluctuate once the weather comes up as well. But flourishing right now are the Boston Red Sox. Don't forget to follow the show and all of Red Sox coverage on CLNS at Red Sox CLNS. Uh, live tweeting the games, the roundtables, our podcast, great live content as well. Trags is, is going to be at some games this year, so that'll be good for us as well. The podcast itself on Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. And, of course, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Don't forget our friends at Raft. Check out, uh, get a free play there with Red Sox Beat the promo code. Go check that out as well. Um, we'll be back next week, hopefully pre- previewing a uh, and recapping what was a phenomenal another week on the West Coast. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to that one because a lot of you probably won't watch most of the games, so we'll make sure we talk about it well for you and get you caught up as they get back onto a normal schedule the week after. But for Jess Thomas, myself included, Jared Scally, we'll be back next week. This has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media. <laughs>